0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hello everybody, my name is Louise Greenwood, I'm Director of Education for Wessex LMC's and I'm delighted today to introduce a podcast on Healthwatch. So I've got Linda Webb with me, who is the Communications Lead for Healthwatch Wiltshire. Hi Linda. Hi there. Um, And Andy Mintram, who is the Local Leadership Board Member for Healthwatch Wiltshire and also a Practice Manager. Nice to see you Andy. Hi Louise. So I think um, some of us have heard the name Healthwatch, but we don't always know what it is. So Linda, what exactly is Healthwatch? So in a
1: nutshell, um, Healthwatch Wiltshire is um, essentially your local health and care champion. Um, we're, we've been set up as an independent organisation. We have a statutory role and, and that's basically to find out what people want from health and social care services. Um, we're here to listen to public feedback, Um, to better understand the challenges that are facing the NHS um, and other services. And we're here to kind of make sure that people's experiences are then used uh, to help improve these services um, for everybody. Um, uh, The other sort of side to our our kind of armoury, if you like, is we help people to get information and advice. So if they want some support and they can't can't find a service, um, we can help them with sort of signposting to that service or Point them in the right direction of where they can find more support for themselves. Um, We're we're completely impartial um, and any feedback that people share with us is anonymous. It's confidential. um, But we do use kind of quotes in in reports to sort of demonstrate what people are saying. Um, and, and as a sort of another aside, we are actually celebrating our 10th birthday this year. So <laughs> we've, been, we've been here for 10 years um, <laughs> and we're kind of part of a network. So Healthwatch Butcher is is just one of a, of a massive network of Healthwatch teams across England. So everywhere that there's a local authority, there is a Healthwatch Um, And there's also a Health Watch England, which is our sort of national body that would take things sort of the big issues further
0: forward to to government and beyond. So patients can come to you if they've got any particular issue, they can ask you for signposting um, or if they want help, they can just come to Health Watch. That's right. Um, yeah. but we also sort of spoke, at, but sorry focus on specific things
1: um, so conditions or services um, and we would run surveys as well to kind of get that specific feedback. Um, yeah. And that can be on a huge range of topics. A lot of it depending on what people tell us in the first place. So if they come to us and there's a massive thing about mental health, which there obviously has been over the last few years, then we would focus our projects and our surveys on that topic. Right. And find out more about what's going on and what the trends are. Okay. And then we then we'd kind of feed that back to the services themselves. So whether it's the council or the integrated care board. And that's how okay. we and
0: I, I think, think we're work. going to come on a little bit later in the conversation to talk about two specific surveys that you have done <laughs> just recently. Can't get my words out. Um so Andy, what position do you take on the board? you're so the local leadership board, um so what exactly do you do?
2: so in in my role with healthwatch first and foremost i'm a, i'm a patient i'm a service user in wiltshire i live in salisbury so that's why um If I'm honest, when I had my son, Charlie, I wanted to get involved from from that point of view. I'm a user of services, um, had a a, a not particularly good experience uh, of a local service. Um, And although I had obviously my my professional aspect being a practice manager and knowing how things work, I wanted to get a bit more involved and bring some of that experience in, uh, into my local health watch to, to, to see how I could support and influence things from that point of view. So as a local leadership board, there's a team of us who volunteer, Time to um, to to support the the team like Linda in the office who do great work um, to to help uh, sort of make sense of what's going on locally and 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 beyond and then. Uh, sort of help guide uh, and support the volunteers. It's all about the volunteers, and, and first and foremost. They they give their time and, and do the projects and the work that Lynn has talked about. Um, but we, as a board, we just kind of give a bit of direction, bring our our, 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 our knowledge and our experience to, to sort of sort of helping steer um, the, the volunteers and the organisation in Wiltshire.
0: Okay, so we're going to talk about the projects, but it's interesting about the volunteers. So if people are listening thinking, well, I'd also like to quite influence or find out a little bit more about what's going on and see, so, as you said, you've got a you know, personal interest. Are you always looking for volunteers, Linda?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, we we tend to go out to a lot of events to gather feedback, but we're also there to kind of say to people, you know, if you want to join us, um, then we're always we're always open, as it were. So if anybody wants to to volunteer for us, it's you know they they can choose whatever kind of uh, hours or days or whatever kind of events or. Th- whatever they want to get involved in, they don't, you know, whatever they're comfortable with, I guess, is, yes. is, it's, it's absolutely fine for them to choose. So some people, they like, they like the public face-to-face stuff, or um, they might just want to be on the reading panel for, for us to kind of, you know run past our reports that sort of thing it just depends on on what they what they're interested in and what sort of skills they have
0: um, okay. but yeah we, we've got a great. huge
1: mix of people who
0: volunteer with us well that's a, that, that sounds great and I think if people have got a passion and they want to give a little bit back that would be a great way of doing it wouldn't it okay so I think there've been some two projects recently um Andy do you want to say a little bit about the projects
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. So these were um, uh, reviews of GP website and uh, phone messages. Um, it was a yeah, two-part project led by the volunteers. Um, and as Linda said, there the volunteers put themselves forward if they had a particular interest or concern about this kind of work. Um, these were all volunteers who'd expressed an interest in, in the subject of practice websites and the automated phone messages. As in a lot of cases, it was something they'd expect experience themselves. Um, And especially through the pandemic, you know, information out to the public was really crucial. Uh, I know with my other hat on how difficult it was keeping our website up to date with the latest changes to COVID. Um, So it was a really useful exercise to to look at the differences between what different practices are offered. Um, They were pretty big tasks um, and all the the 49 practices at that time in the county um, looked at all the websites and the phone messages for all those practices.
0: Wow. So, was there a checklist, Linda? Did you just have a checklist so you could consistently measure um, websites and you could, yes, ac- accurately see exactly what was going on um, with each of the practices?
1: Yeah. So, this is something that uh, the volunteers drew up themselves. Um, they wanted to kind of make sure that they covered as much detail as they could um, on all of the websites. Um, and what came out of uh, sort of doing this, it was kind of more of an observational thing. So, a lot of it was probably what you would say is is people's initial impressions of looking at a website, but then it was also about about finding certain things on those websites. So it's how the navigation was, um, were there certain things that they could find easily? So contact information, that sort of thing. So it was kind of making sure that they could find what they would expect on, on, on these sort of websites. And, and if they couldn't find them, why, or, you know, that, that sort of thing, they were making trying to make sure that they could they could cover everything on on each one um and and, and I suppose it, it was then easy for them to compare between them which is what the kind of report ended up looking like was was more of a comparison across them
0: and as um Andy here said general practice is quite a tricky place at the moment I think that people feel group over the head many times by a lot from a lot of different areas so was this gone in with the critical let's find faults let's just see who we can sort of measure get you're you're worse than somebody else or was it done in a supportive we all want to get better let's just see what sort of recommendations can we bring in what, what, what was the tone of it handy
2: very much the latter absolutely as you say You know, this is not about Healthwatch bringing its own opinion. It was about saying, um, look at all these different websites and here are the really great bits that actually is worth sharing with others. This is a piece of work that in other parts of the country, you know, uh, GP federations and others have done themselves anyway. So it's not something that Healthwatch was particularly looking to pull on a thread about. It's about saying, as you say, looking at how can we all improve? How can everyone benefit both patients and practices alike? Because although clearly the primary driver for this was was service users practice um, patients trying to find information that they want and, and perhaps had struggled with. But clearly there's benefits to practices. If you can provide information that your patients are looking for, then it's potentially one less phone call into the practice. And we all know how busy the telephone lines are at the present. So it's absolutely about making recommendations, focusing on particular areas that patients felt they wanted to find, um, things that would help them with that, i.e. the search functions and, and the likes, um, uh, online forms that are available, um, different access to services. So yeah, recommendations basically for how you could consider improving your website from hopefully the you know, majority are all they are pretty good, but they can, we can all improve ours. And I know I can certainly improve my practice website.
0: Um, and is it all anonymous, Linda?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, we don't sort of go into big detail about who's who. It's more of a general overview. Um, and we're looking at kind of themes and trends, uh, really. Um, but yeah, it's important to say it's it, it's really from the patient's perspective, you know, the volunteers are patients, they are service users themselves. It was their idea, because I think they'd been talking amongst themselves about um, the different experiences they'd had with the websites. And I think this was just, oh, why don't we have a look at them all kind of thing. So, so that's how it kind of transpired really. Um, and yeah, I mean as it, as we as it turned out the the majority of the websites were easy, easy to find and navigate. Um, they found them easy to understand. And, but there was a, a big variation in the quality and quantity of information, um, as you might expect with the different practices, the size of the practice, you know, who, who's assigned to look after the website. There's lots of like circumstances as to why they would be different. Um, but this was really to kind of make this observation, but then pull together some ideas as to how everyone could look at ways of improving them, and it might be something really simple.
0: So um, I'm going to pick you on the spot now, and I'm going to ask you some top tips. So if you're looking at your practice website as a practice, um, what are the two things that patients would say that were, are sort of most important?
1: So I suppose the the, the the checklist was was kind of making sure that the that the information um, on the homepage has like the contact details on it. Um, but making sure websites were accessible um, and, and and kind of considering things from a user's perspective. Um, so making sure that like out of hours information was prominent, um, that the regis- registration forms were for GP access cards and that kind of thing were also, it's kind of making sure that, that things were very easy to find. I think that was
0: kind of the the, the, the main thing. thing. And, what, and you also did um, phone messages as well. So yeah. sometimes you phone up, and and I, I think um, some messages are quite long. Um, it's obviously the press one for this press presentation. don't come to us if you're experiencing this. So what 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 were the general themes? What did patients find the, the best the best phone messages, and what, and what were they advised p- and practices to do about their phone messages? So again it was
1: it was mo- most of the, most of the messages were absolutely fine i think yeah. what, what they did was kind of a mystery shop exercise where they rang at different times um, and obviously tried to cover as many uh, practices as possible um that they were kind of looking at um uh how how easy was it to find the contact messages in the first place even that kind of thing um they find most of the messages were easy to understand and they're informative and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and but there were certain aspects that were different. So there's, there were, certain practices have information like what to do in an emergency, um, about making an appointment, uh, what the receptionist might ask you, and and some at that time were still including COVID nineteen precautions. Um, and there was a variety as to how mm-hmm. much or less that was mentioned uh generally the researchers were saying you know as long as the message is welcoming and it feels reassuring then they found that that they, they thought that was what a good message That's interesting. there's like. two words welcoming and reassuring yeah. that's
0: interesting yeah, yeah. And, I, and i get that if you ring up and if you you know stress for whatever reason i think that, they, that would they,
1: yeah they sort of cited things like if, if particularly for gp themselves they introduce themselves and say i'm dr so-and-so and and would talk to them on the phone message they kind of felt that was the reassuring side of things and that 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 kind of made it feel um you know more welcoming that they were being addressed personally almost yeah yeah so That's things it. like that that, that mm. they, they thought was a really nice sort of touch. Um another thing that they didn't like was when, when there's a long rambling message or it just <laughs> cut off. Um, and, and then also there were some that had messages that were quite defensive about saying, don't call us, and that kind of thing, that that they found more off-putting and they found that they, they thought oh, I'm being a nuisance calling them, that sort of thing. So it was quite clear. What was what they liked and what they didn't like, and it was actually quite simple things, really, in the end. And I think there's a
0: checklist, isn't there? Um, that we can there is a checklist with this. When when we put this podcast out, we can put the checklist on if people want to have a look. Um, and Andy, if you're a practice manager, I bet you are now. what what would you want to do? Would you want to contact Healthwatch and say, look, can you just assess my um, website and my phone messages? What what do you think you could do now if you're listening to this thinking, mm, I wonder how I can involve Healthwatch and get some help with this?
2: Well, I think the main thing to to remember here is, as Linda said, this work was carried out by volunteers, by patients at the end of the day. And so actually, I'd say that the first thing that most practices the best thing that post-practices could do is to use their own patient participation groups to help review their own website and telephone messages. I know a lot have done it in the past but actually it's worth revisiting from time to time to check it's timely and it's appropriate and it's up to date. Um, Healthwatch are always open to to feedback from practices and and services as well as from patients because actually we're all working to the same goal at the end of the day. We're all trying to improve services and deliver the best we can and Healthwatch does have a a different angle on that and and as Linda said we work to Healthwatch England and can perhaps influence things in that regard, but but ultimately, it is about the patients, and, it, and and Healthwatch relies on testimony and feedback from patients. So, actually, therefore, probably the best thing practice can do is use your own patients, use your own PPG to help you with this work.
0: Fantastic, that sounds great. So, I think this has been really helpful. Hopefully. People knew the name Health Watch, but possibly didn't know what it stood for and what they did. So you've really helped us understand that. And as you said, Linda, there are Health Watches all over. So all over our our big patch in Wessex, there will be a different, there will be a different Health Watch organization. Um, and I guess we just uh, would recommend people when they've got a few moments, just have a look at the survey, have a look at the recommendations and just just use their patients to assess what's going on in their own practice Um, but it's it's really good to build relationships and I really appreciate you coming along thank you Linda thank you Andy Um, I've learned lots and that's been very useful and we look forward to hearing your next survey so please come back when you've got another one bye-bye then thanks bye-bye Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice